0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Hot Cast. I am your host, managing editor for Hot Time and All Time, Ruben Tension. Joining me, as always, is RJ. RJ! The Fire have won three in a row. And, uh, what is it, four of their last six? Four of their last seven? Something like that. And find themselves right now depending on the results of atlanta and um the los angeles galaxy in ninth place two points out of a playoff spot this is not where we thought the fire would be coming off our last podcast two weeks ago what the hell happened
1: um, well let, let me say just something negative let me just get it out of the way. Um, this is the fire second away window in 11 attempts. so with that out of the way, I have nothing but praise for the fire actually I just have a few nitpicky things with some certain players but overall, you know I'm I'm just aghast right now. I just I just don't know how to feel about this. I mean we should be happy finally for once. We don't have to be Debbie Downers on this podcast for, you know, that we usually are for the past, how long have we been doing
0: this? Four years? Four years? years. I believe four years. Four of the podcast.
1: Yeah, so four years of just being a bunch of depressed folks, and now we have, we finally have something to, you know, we finally have
0: something here. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that this might be the best fire team I've covered in my 10 years of doing this. Um, 2017 was a great year, but ultimately they played well early and fell down the stretch and this kind of feels like the opposite where they stumbled out of the gate and are now look like they're rising and peaking at the same time or or at the right time you know the second half of the season they're pulling a seattle they are pulling a seattle um we said this was possible way back in like april right like this was sort of the goal is to hang on until um they were able to get all the guys in and get er early and get and get in uh earlier or get in later and and do some stuff down the stretch which they have um i've been thinking about the game against columbus a lot during these three wins and and i think about it and i think As it sort of turned out, the first half was more indicative of the Fire's performance than the second half, I think. Um, Because, you know, we saw against Vancouver another first half of dominance, and then Vancouver gets in the game and then scores late. But the Fire managed to settle themselves and come away with the win instead of completely collapsing like they did against Columbus. So my question to you is, do you think that the collapse against the crew was necessary to win last night's game? No, I I think they will. I think
1: it's a part of that, but I don't think it... I don't think that Columbus game has, you know, can take the full credit. I think they were eventually building up to this mentality that they've, you know, that we've been seeing in the past few games. I looking back now, I do think that Columbus game was an outlier. I I really do. I one one thing just went wrong in that Columbus game, if I recall correctly. And they just Columbus just capitalized on that. And, you know, the fire were just tactically outmatched
0: mm-hmm. by a
1: good coach. I mean, let's be real. I mean, jokes aside of, you know, the Columbus team, I mean, Caleb Porter is a smart man, mm-hmm. you know, um, and the Columbus, you know, Columbus is the same with the fire. I mean, their, their performance doesn't really, you know, match their skill level. And I, I, I don't know. Uh, that's that's how I feel. I think the fire we're going to eventually get here at some point. And it seems like, you know, it's coming here a little bit early. But I don't think that Columbus game has, you know.
0: It's just sort of a question of whether or not it would have been too late for the fire, right? And mm-hmm. it, as it turns out, it isn't. Which I think is the blessing here. Um. Do you feel... Let's start with John Duran, because he did not notably not score against uh, Vancouver, but still had a pretty big impact on the game. Um, Vancouver's defenders were were sort of keeping too much of an eye on him, which allowed others to get into space, which which is kind of like what Casper Shabilka wants to do, except that he's not threatening enough in front of goal to be able to occupy defenders in that same way. What do you make of Duran's performance? Specifically yesterday, but also, you know, over the the Columbus game and the Toronto game, and, and now this one.
1: Well, in the past few episodes, I've, you know, I've questioned Duran mainly because of his... uh maturity level out in the pitch. I think he's growing up, and I think that's great. I mean, I don't want to see any of these fire players fail. So it's great to see Duran, you know, finally mold into the player that, you know, he can truly be. And um, I'm pretty sure you've seen it, but, you know, for a lot of the listeners out there, I don't know if you've guys seen, you know, his clips back, you know, down in South America. You know, back in, you know, back in familiar territory for him. He's he's amazing down there. I mean, um, you would see him make all these incredible runs, all these incredible challenges, all these incredible goals. And now as he's adapting to a new league, a new country, he's slowly getting there. And of course, I mean, a lot of, when, when I, you know, when I was blasting him earlier about with his maturity, I mean, yeah, a, a part of that has to do with you know not adjusting really well to this country and also part of that also has to do with his age but he's he's growing up he's growing up fast he's adapting really well compared to you know previous previous flyers or fires previous players that the fires have acquired you know in um, recent memory so um i'm happy for him and i think he's he's You know, he's done really well in the past few games. In regards to this Vancouver game, though, I think there was a lot going against them. I think, you know, all those Vancouver players marking him along with, you know, just the conditions of the whole field. It's, It's amazing that. I mean, I always thought the Fire would win against Vancouver, but I didn't know they would win against by three goals just because of how that field is. It's a tough place you know, to play in. It's, it's like the West Coast version of, you know, Yankee Stadium.
0: But at least it's a normal-sized pitch. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean by what I'm saying. That, right. right? But, but I mean, the fact that he, he did a bunch of stuff while occupying two of the three center backs because Vancouver played a back three for some reason, even though they saw the fire absolutely torch TFC in a back three they decided to do it again i don't know and the and the possession ended up being something like 70 30 in the first half um so obviously the key to playing against the Fire is to play with a back 4 and not a back 3 that's number 1 uh number 2 um shikiri probably had his best game as a fire player yesterday And you saw him, obviously we talk a lot on this show and, and, you know, I still agree that starting him on the right, getting him fewer touches and hiding him a little bit might mean he has greater impact on the game. I agree with you. Uh, But he played the number 10 position pretty well considering that he finally had some space to do stuff because Duran was occupying defenders so much. So Yeah,
1: but he also and in, in you know, like I said in the beginning of the episode, I mean, um a lot of my complaints today for, you know, the Vancouver game are pretty nitpicky, and I think one of the nitpicky things with Shakir, it's just that he he needs to calm down.
0: Yes. Shut before, up before yeah. He needs to shut up and play. Right. Like having a dialogue with the refs is fine, but like getting into a referee's face after you got fouled so people think you got the yellow card for dissent instead of for the tackle even though the yellow card was given for the tackle uh i i I agree with you i think he needs a talking to about that um that's not a good look and i think that they won and he had a goal and an assist so that's forgotten a lot by and large but You know, he needs to let the captain do his talking for him. If he wants to be that vocal with the officials and the vocal leader, try and get the armband off of Rafael Chicos. But you're not going to do that. So shut up and play, man. And also, he had a giveaway that would have turned into a goal, if not for the excellent uh, emergency defending of Carlos Tehran, um, who saw it before it happened and and, you know cut out the the play before it could even start after the terrible turnover but
1: by the way i mean uh quickly going on um since you've mentioned his name teron from last season to this season he's also another player that you know has vastly improved his spatial awareness
0: not just last season, t- yeah. this season to this season, talking about May to July in two months is a huge difference.
1: And, you know, I, I think that can also boil down to Raphael. she Sheehos as well. I think his his leadership in the back, you know, compared to the, you know, you know who from previous seasons, I think, he's crafting you know all these young players into wonderful
0: wonderful defenders mhm i would agree with you it's very much arna friedrich like mhm what a coincidence that they're both german huh the the, the two best center backs in fire one of the, some of the two best center backs in chicago fire history as far as bringing along young talent are uh, rafael chicos and and uh, arna friedrich I know Friedrich, by the way, still does wear fire collars from time to time, so that's neat um but yes, Carlos Tehran was excellent, I think out of the three four, out of the four man of the match contenders that I was thinking about giving it to between Shakiri Mueller Fade, who I gave it to and who we'll get to in a minute and carlos Tehran Carlos Tehran has been the most surprising um player for the fire, right? Cuz you saw him last year. You saw he had raw ability. But he didn't really know how to play defense, not just in MLS but in general. And then you saw him this year where he sort of got it but you know, still had that was, was still in that Francisco Calvo mode of trying to make plays instead of just defend what's in front of you. And that's what was costing him and the club. Um but now playing under Chicos, with an understanding of defensive responsibility, he has absolutely bloomed into a player that I get excited when he's about to do something on the ball, or or you know get stuck in on a tackle and and play really good defense. You can trust Carlos Tehran now and that is not something i thought i would say at the beginning of the season
1: yeah and i think a lot of that also i mean you know we should also give credit to him as well i mean it's not only just raphael but it's him himself he's he's worked hard for this and oh yeah um, uh especially you know in the beginning when he was appearing you know the odd fire two match or so he he also looked off over there but no he's he's grown Mm -hmm. into a wonderful defender
0: him and duran but uh uh, growing really nicely as as players um interestingly they come from the same club in colombia so that's pretty fun um let's talk about fade who i gave the man of the match even though in our man of the match poll as of right now uh you still have the rest of the afternoon to get your votes in at hot time in old town if you haven't um i believe it is still shared on shakiri in front but i gave my man of the match to um fada navarro because i don't think they win this game without him I don't think I I think that he was incredibly disruptive uh in the midfield and didn't really uh didn't didn't really allow Vancouver to do anything and I think that if he's not there the game probably looks different He also had the assist on the Shakiri goal because he's the guy who intercepted the throw in that uh and and passed the ball to Shakiri. So you know, he he helped open the scoring as well. So uh, was that his best performance in a fire shirt for you and 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 do you agree with me that the fire don't win this game without him?
1: I think it was one of his best performances. I I think that he had a contribution to overall to winning that game for the fire, but um but I also agree that he does deserve the man of the match, and I think the reason why he didn't get man of the match, you know, from our poll and from, you know, the Twitter world, it's because, you know, he's he's not a fashionable player. Let's be real. He does all the dirty work, but at least for me, that dirty work was the more one of the more exciting things about you know not only the Vancouver match but these previous matches as well. You can see he is you know the quintessential you know
0: mm-hmm.
1: like defender of the midfield.
0: Yeah, between you and former producer of the Hotcast, the original version, Nick Fedora, uh, you both love some defensive midfielders, <laughs> and yes, I uh,
1: I won't name them since. Uh, I promise not to name those players, but no, because they do everything that, I mean, especially in MLS, especially in a physical league like MLS, you need someone like Fede Navarro in your team.
0: I agree. Totally yeah. agree. Yeah. It's it's not a question.
1: And it's um, it's like, yeah, yes, he doesn't play pretty. But when you just like just focus on him and just ignore the rest of the team, he does some really sublime work, and in a way, it's in its own you know sort of beauty.
0: You need him. You need a Logan pause, who only passes backwards, mm-hmm. right? You you need these glue guys in order to let your creative players have the freedom to be creative because they can trust. That if something goes wrong, someone will be there to clean up their mess behind them. And that's what players like Fede Navarro and, and Mauricio Pineda, although he had a more quiet game. He he um, he was there and did some stuff, but he didn't have exactly the same amount of visible impact that Fede did. Um, but yes, I, I totally agree with you, I think like i said i mean i gave him the man of my man of the match um award for for the website um let's talk about everyone else let's give the others their due uh real quick what did you think of the fullbacks uh, Sekulich and miguel navarro i thought Mel- navarro played better than he has in a while and so has um, Sekulic I thought they both had very solid games, but really they didn't really have a lot to do because a lot of what Vancouver tried to do uh, came through the middle. And you, and you saw that on Vancouver's goal because of that. Um, in the second half, they kind of suckered Boris Sekulic inside because all of their action came inside and then they went over the top of him um, on a diagonal ball. Which the fire were doing a lot to Vancouver as well. So, so I can't really fault Sekulich for that because you know that just kind of happens, right? You for 50 minutes, you know, you're you're cheating inside because that's where the that's where you're needed more than on the wing, and then all of a sudden you get beat by a diagonal ball over the top. That's just the kind of thing that happens in soccer, right? So, like, I don't really blame Sekulic for that for not closing out on that goal. I think it was more Chicos and Navarro losing track of the goal scorer.
1: You know, the the one thing that I would only fault Sekulic for was around the it's in the closing stages of the first half where he just conceded that corner and um, right. You know, that was a really close. I, I believe it was a former. Uh, dc united man julian gressel who were traded to uh, vancouver at the very last moment AKA, about that. you mean yeah. fabian
0: herbert's podcast partner julian gressel. <laughs> yes but um that was
1: you know one of the close calls and near during a you know wonderful you know first half performance by the fire and but otherwise i you know that rest that he got you know a few matches ago i think that really did wonders for him mm-hmm. And i think you know he's in tip-top shape right now and mm-hmm. you know Going back to navarro, he he did fine. He did his job. I mean, that's he wasn't really visible. and but you know, when it comes to the defensive folks, you really don't need to be visible. I mean you're 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 only visible when you either score a goal or create a mistake. So mm-hmm. as long as if you're invisible, that means you know you're you're doing a okay.
0: Alright, what did you think about let's see who we haven't we talked about? We have not talked about the wingers yet. So real quickly, uh Chris Mueller and Gutierrez, and then we'll throw in Jairo Torres in there as well, because really he was the only substitute that um was in the game for any length of time where he could matter. Like Fabian Herbers came in, but he replaced uh, Mauricio Pineda, who was cramping and, and had to come out. But he basically did similar stuff to Pineda, right? He was very quiet. So what what did you think of the three wingers who featured?
1: They did fine. Um, I know that's a well, statement, Chris but Mueller... Mueller right.
0: yeah, Obviously, I mean, Chris Mueller it's cool,
1: it's cool. The, the The one nitpicky thing about, you know, Mueller as well, um, I believe when Gutierrez, you know, attempted that shot, and Mueller got mad. Yeah. When it what I mean, yeah, I mean Gutierrez should have passed, but it should have Should've, been towards Shakiri.
0: Right. It shouldn't have been to him anyway. Yeah. It should have been to Shakiri.
1: So that's the only nitpick, Like this is a nitpicky episode, at least for me. Um. Yeah. I mean, that was a really that was a really beautiful goal.
0: Well, we have to keep up our enemy of the fire rich Rippa- Yeah. So we have to find some things to complain about, right? No, but se- seriously, yeah, that like. Chris Mueller knows that if he were in that situation, he also would have shot it right, yeah, so and Gutierrez like, is like
1: eighteen years old let him let him like let him learn from this
0: like hey, I get being mad, but yeah. don't be demonstrative, I guess, right, like you saw Shakiri with his hands up as well being like, "Hey, next time I'm open over here with his hands up, but he wasn't like yelling at Gutierrez. Um, but yes, he he had a Chris Mueller game. um On his goal, I mentioned on Twitter that one of my absolute favorite things about it is you know how we complain when two runners occupy the same space, mm-hmm. and like it's it's never really good, but how Duran found himself making the exact same run as as Mueller, but instead of screwing everything up, he kept running and fooled the defender and took the defender in front of uh, Miller with him to give Chris the window to curl the ball into the back of the net. And I love stuff like that. I love turning something that could be a bad situation into a good situation by really intelligent play. And I think that was really intelligent by Duran to keep up his run and pull the defender away so Chris Mueller could get his shot off relatively unobstructed. Um, like, little thing, Like, I love little things like that. and I get really excited when they happen. Uh, but yeah, Mueller with the dagger. Uh, Gutierrez didn't have any opportunities to do any and-one mixtape stuff tonight, but I thought he had a pretty solid game. Um, I thought he was dangerous. I thought Um, yeah some of his decision making in the final third could be better but that'll come with time and and like he he really wants to score because um he wants to help the team win and contribute and like if if you get some space 12 yards from goal yeah shoot the ball right like we're always saying that this team tries too hard to make the perfect pass sometimes I, I don't mind him shooting there. Gutierrez, I mean.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've seen that in the past, and I think, you know, I mean, like what you said, his time will come. Um, And I, I honestly don't mind. I, I don't know what other fans might feel, but for me personally, I honestly don't mind if he, you know, takes his chances, whether if it misses, it misses. I mean, it's part of the learning yeah. curve. And Definitely. I like I still think, despite... You know these wins that this season is still a wash. So you know, let them experiment. What's what's wrong with that?
0: I don't know. Is it a wash if they make the playoffs? Because I uh, because I don't know if you're paying attention. Uh, I mean, but yeah, I the LA the Galaxy. People, I mean, it's... the LA Galaxy scored uh, seven minutes into the game, which would prevent Atlanta from leapfrogging the fire in the standings. So I say it's a wash because the fire
1: were expected to make the playoffs this year I think and I think we both you know, agreed with that and you know mm-hmm. other other folks as well. Yep. So that's that's why I'm at.
0: Oh. So you think if they meet expectations it's just them meeting expectations. Mm-hmm. And we shouldn't be excited about it. Is that <laughs> so, what you're saying, RJ? Yeah. Okay. You well, heard I'm, me I'm, look, I'm, I'm, RJ thinks you shouldn't be excited about the fire. No, look. I'm so reserved about the team. I hope you guys understand. That's fair. That's fair. I'm just teasing. I mean, you're right, obviously, right? No, but I, I, do,
1: I, I do want to like... Uh, we're probably closing near the end of this episode, but I, I do want to praise a fire on something, though. Yeah, go for it. All right, so um, I was actually just looking at the hashtag just a few moments ago, and someone posted a link to uh, um, global club soccer rankings by 538.
0: And looking oh, at this wow. list,
1: <laughs> Chicago ranks 304. So Chicago is a bigger club than Sheffield Wednesday, Okay. Let's see over here. Real Zarazoga. Zaragoza, but yes. Sunderland. Okay. Whole City. Okay. FC St. Pauli. Reading. Let's see over here. Shout Where out to former
0: Reading head coach, Velko Panovic.
1: Wigan Athletic. Uh-huh. Tenerife. Mm-hmm. Grasshoppers. Let's see over here. Uh... Yeah, the fire, the fire are a huge club. They're bigger than Hanover 96.
0: Well, so. that won't uh, <laughs> make Steve Terundolo happy.
1: So, yeah, the, the Fire are a huge club. And, you know, we should all be, you know, proud that, you know, we follow a huge club. I mean, I know this list is probably a wash, but, you know. Okay.
0: Did you get that out of your system? That goofiness?
1: <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, we we needed something goofy
0: to end the show i guess a big match against atlanta who are currently as of this recording playing the los angeles galaxy and losing things are uh falling apart in georgia uh a couple of weeks ago joseph martinez was unhappy with how things were going and said as much um it's it's all kind of bad down there in atlanta georgia rj I We've sort of stopped asking for predictions because it's been sort of unpredictable the last, you know, month of fire soccer. But I'm going to ask you now, will the fire beat Atlanta and go above the playoff line on Saturday? Yes. It's not to and say it's... they'll stay there because of the Sunday games next week, mm-hmm. which I, I don't actually know what the Sunday games are. Give me a sec- two seconds to look them up um and see if there are any playoff implications for the fire next sunday but uh but okay the only game on sunday is dc and orlando so i don't think there are any playoff implications there uh will the fire oh charlotte's playing columbus uh that's a big one after the fire Atlanta game is over but will the fire end saturday above the playoff line
1: yeah so you and think Gutier- will... Gutierrez
0: Gutierrez will score a goal you think so Gutierrez scores they will beat Atlanta mhm that's your prediction I like
1: i'm that. i'm honestly being like no this i honestly want that to happen i know I was a little bit negative earlier when, you know, I was like, yeah, it's whatever. I mean, it's expectations of the fire. But no, you know, I'm confident that the fire will win this Saturday. I don't know if Gutierrez will score a goal or not. But, you know, if he does, then that's even more icing on the cake.
0: Yeah. So Columbus and Charlotte are playing. So the fire will need to win. And Columbus and, uh, Columbus and Charlotte, I believe, will need to draw. And Cincinnati will need to lose. And New England will need to lose, I believe. Which can happen because Cincinnati is playing Miami next week. And and uh, New England have the unfortunate... Uh, draw of playing tfc after they've gotten all their guys
1: can we can we just quickly touch upon new england's downfall under bruce arena who you all know that i've never rated arena i still don't rate him the only time when i agreed with him when it's when he called and i mentioned this in my mls recap i think a few weeks ago when he said that like yankee stadium was awful that was the only time i've agreed with him
0: what about the 2002 world cup run <laughs>
1: you, you know I mean, I if, if there was
0: var in the 2002 world cup the united states would have made a semifinal well the it's 2002 world lost cup up. was
1: very the 2 i mean the 2002 world cup was very corrupter right there's no way south korea could have made it that far but anyway besides that it is very satisfying to see this happen to new england and Andrew Serena.
0: I, I would agree with you. I, You know, my, my biggest regret about the New England Revolution is that I can't root for Gustavo Bo, who I absolutely adore. I love he's Gustavo Bo. I wish he was somewhere else. I wish he was somewhere else so I could root for him. But he's in New England.
1: Yeah, he'll probably join Philadelphia next season.
0: Hey, a team that I actually don't hate. I actually do love watching the union play football. I mean Jim Curtin's
1: uh, a good guy, so
0: Right, Jim Curtin. Plus their broadcast team is uh JP Delacameron. I believe it's still JP Delacamera and Tommy Smith. So you know, a lot of childhoods watching soccer TV nostalgia going on on Philadelphia Union broadcasts. Anyway, I think that will probably do it for this week's episode of the hot cast you can find us on twitter at the hot cast you can find rj on twitter at rga underscore zero two. you can find me on twitter at ruben Tesh. uh if you are listening to this and the man of the match poll is still open go vote for who you think it should be um and uh i believe that is everything uh, next week, we already asked you about Atlanta, but we will be back to talk about Atlanta United and the Chicago Fire. RJ, are you going and are you going to stay for the Red Stars doubleheader?
1: Unfortunately, I won't be able to attend the game.
0: Damn. We're due for another food review.
1: Yeah, I I don't think I'll be able to attend the game. and I mean, I might be able to attend game in August, but what can coffee
0: safe. have you drunk to did you have today
1: i i haven't had just, a can coffee today us, I've,
0: I've actually because of
1: my uh my allergies right now because you know i slept with the window and storm came i've been drinking water which is very rare
0: what's your i water mean drink? no
1: i mean it's uh given um, from sam's club it's it's water. <laughs>
0: it's water <laughs> i know I'm just making fun of you. I think it, I, I love the fact that you do, like, food and beverage reviews on, like, Twitter and stuff. It's so great. Uh, I did see it. that giant thing of Rainbow Boss, though, that you got. Have you finished that, or do you still have some?
1: I, I, I order a box every two weeks, so... <laughs> That's fair.
0: Anyway, that'll do it for the show. We will see you next week. Uh, goodbye, everybody.
1: See ya.